Hello everyone, I'm Deanne Jules, Deputy Director of the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants, and I am here with Dr. Stavros Tomodaki, Chairman of the Board. We are joined by several IESBA members and working group chairs, Mr. Richard Fleck, Ms. Patricia Mulvaney, Mr. Don Thompson, and Ms. Caroline Lee. We are here to convene some of the highlights from the Ethics Board three-day meeting, which was held in New York City this week, December 3rd through 5th, 2018. Stavros, this was the fourth and final 2018 board meeting. May I please invite you to share some of your reflections of the meeting with our listeners? Thank you very much, Diane. Uh, this was indeed the fourth uh, meeting of the year, a very important meeting because the major item on our agenda was the uh, conclusion and the approval of our strategy and work plan, our work plan for the period 2019-2023. This work plan maps out what the agenda of the ESBA will look like over the next five years. And it includes great, uh, a mix of, I think, great projects. My colleagues will be talking about some of them, uh, projects that we are already preparing to work on. The new uh, strategy and work plan is, in effect, adopting an integrated approach. It looks towards the ethical issues and requirements for the entire accounting profession in all roles, audit, non-audit, uh, accountants in business and government, and so forth. So it follows very faithfully, in that sense, the direction of our restructured code, which is also an integrated code that covers the entire profession and its public interest uh, orientations. So I'll say two more things about the SWP, uh, and I will then let my, co my colleagues uh, say more about specific projects. One thing is that we believe that this SWP when executed, will take great steps forward in increasing trust in the accounting profession, because we think that it's going to strengthen uh, the ethical standards and hopefully to also boost, raise the bar for ethical behavior around the world. That's one thing I want to say. The other is that we've made an extra effort to plan on topics, of standard setting, which will really raise the relevance and the timeliness of our intervention as standard setters in the present world, which, of course, includes many shifts in public expectations, in technology, and in behaviors. So uh, that's what I'll say about the SWP. Thank you very much, Savers. Richard, may I invite you to share some um, highlights from the, the non-assurance services discussion and the role and mindset expected of professional accountant session? Thanks, Diane. Starting first with the non-assurance services project, uh, the task force presented its initial proposals for the revision of section 600, and the major points of those proposals were discussed at the board meeting. Those major points were first, the possible prohibition of the provision of non-assurance services to public interest entities where there is a self-review threat or a potential self-review threat. Secondly, we propose to retain the distinction between 
public interest entities and non-public interest entities having differential provisions for those two categories of entities. Thirdly, we will be reconsidering the appropriateness of certain qualifiers in the current code, such as materiality and significance, and whether those are the right uh, terms and how they should be construed. And lastly, we discussed the, some proposals relating to communication with those charged with governance or the board of directors. There was a very active and lively discussion about these proposals and the board provided a very considerable amount of input and we will bring revised proposals to the board in March. Secondly, we dealt with initial proposals in relation to the project that we have called Role and Mindset, uh, the Role and Mindset of Professional Accountants. We produced a, an initial draft of an introduction to the code, which was designed primarily to uh, highlight the role of professional accountants and how they should approach or think about their uh, contribution to society. Again, there was a very lively and good discussion with a widespread of views as to how we should look at or reconsider the draft that we had prepared. And as a result, uh, having, having had those views, we were proposing to produce a draft of all of the proposed material for the, the code uh, for consideration at the March board meeting. And that will include looking at any revisions or additional material to be included in sections 110 and 120 of the code, which deal with fundamental principles and the conceptual framework. Thank you. Thank you very much, Richard. And now, Trish, may I invite you to share some highlights from the technology session? Yes, very happy to. Uh, I'm pleased to report that the board approved our technology working group's proposed terms of reference, which is a key element of the strategy and work plan that Stavros mentioned um, and falls within the area of advancing the code's relevance and impact. We have three objectives set out in our terms of reference and will guide our work in the upcoming year. Firstly, we will be identifying potential ethical implications of technology developments on the robustness and relevance of the fundamental principles and independent standards set out in the code. This will include both looking at and evaluating challenges to compliance with the requirements in the code, as well as ways in which technology could be used to support and enhance compliance with the code's provisions. Another objective um, that we have is to develop proposed responses to address the ethical implications that we've identified and also identify specific outreach and partnership opportunities so that we can share knowledge and promote the code as an effective tool for professional accountants to refer to when encountering ethical issues associated with the use or effects of technology on their work. We will be approaching our work in two phases. The first phase, we will use the technology categories of data analytics or big data as well as a second category of artificial intelligence that would also include robotic process automation in order to conduct an assessment of the implications on our code related to technology developments in those areas. 
We selected those areas in particular um, because we believe they will have the most pervasive effect for the broadest population of PAs, as well as our initial analysis indicates that they more directly impact some of our key uh, fundamental principles, for example, uh, professional competence and due care. We will be engaging a broad range of stakeholders as part of our analysis and research. Those include our sister IFACT uh, committees, member bodies of IFACT, standard setters at national and local levels. And importantly, we really want to engage the business and technology community in our work. We will, of course, also make reference to published reports and articles and other information um, in the areas of data and artificial intelligence. We will keep our stakeholders updated on the progress of our work and expect that we will be in a position to produce some level of non-authoritative material over the course of phase one, which is uh, the calendar year 2019. We expect that our work in phase one will inform our ability to scope and approach other technologies beyond data and artificial intelligence, and we wish to get to them as, as quickly as we can. But for now, our focus will be on phase one and those two technology categories that I mentioned. We'll keep the board updated, of course, uh, in each of our quarterly meetings and uh, intend to have a final report for their consideration um, at our December 2019 meeting. Thank you very much, Trish. And at this time, I'd like to invite Don to share some highlights about the eCode. I'm pleased to report progress on the eCode initiative. It's developing user-friendly electronic features to facilitate learning compliance and enforcement of the revised and restructured code. These features are being designed to meet the needs of both new and infrequent users, as well as experienced users. At this meeting, the board received a demonstration and provided feedback on a staged website for the eCode. This eCode includes first, a home page utilizing the guide to the code, second, a visual illustration of the building blocks and integrated nature of the code, an accordion approach enables material in the code to be expanded or contracted to facilitate navigation with pop-ups and toolboxes for easy access to definitions and descriptions of terms and a clear indication of how material in the code is referenced in other parts and sections. Also contains links to IESBA staff prepared non-authoritative material such as FAQs and basis for conclusions which explain the rationale for board decisions. Third, the eCode includes a search facility with autocomplete and other features that will help users obtain and distill relevant responses to queries. The eCode will also include tools that enable copying, printing, and sharing extracts from the eCode. The working group and developer will continue to refine the proposed eCode with beta testing planned for early 2019. The IASPA anticipates launching the eCode in Q2 2019 to be available to users once the revised and restructured code becomes effective in mid-June 2019. IASPA will receive another progress update on the development of the eCode in March 2019. Thank you very much, Don. Caroline, 
please um, share some highlights from the alignment of Part 4B to ISA 3000 Revised. Thank you, Diane, and hello, everybody. Earlier today, the board discussed the first draft of the changes to Part 4B of the code. These changes are the result of the board's alignment project, which responds to the board's mandate to review Part 4B of the code to make the provisions in that part consistent with the revised assurance terms and concepts in ISAE 3000 revised. The key proposed changes that were discussed were, firstly, the alignment of the terminology in Part 4B to the concepts and terminology in ISAE 3000 revised. This means that going forward, the two types of assurance engagements in Part 4B would be referred to as attestation engagements and direct engagements. Also, the terminology used to identify the parties to an assurance engagement would be updated to reflect the definitions in ISAE 3000 revised. The task force also concluded that the change in terminology in ISAE 3000 revised requires a change in the definition of assurance client in the code. The task force believes that it remains preferable to keep this term in Part 4B for ease of reference when describing the specific independence requirements with respect to the party or parties from whom the practitioner is required to be independent. The term is also the equivalent of the term audit client used in Part 4A. The impact of the newly proposed definition of assurance client is that for both types of assurance engagement, the practitioner should be independent as provided in Part 4B of the responsible party, which is the party responsible for the underlying subject matter. Additionally, in an attestation engagement, the practitioner should also be independent of the measurer or evaluator where this party is different from the responsible party. In a situation where the measurer or evaluator takes responsibility for the outcome of the evaluation or measurement. The task force acknowledges that this change results in a strengthening of the independence requirements for attestation engagements compared to the extend code. However, the task force also believes that the impact of the change will have limited effect given the fact that it is rather exceptional for the responsible party to be different from the measurer or evaluator where the latter takes responsibility for the subject matter information. Apart from this change, the task force also decided to delete a number of provisions as they were considered to be unclear and also no longer needed because of the change in the definition of assurance client. The task force also decided to remove the material in the extend code that explained the types of assurance engagements and instead only proposes to include a cross-reference to ISAE 3000 revised and the assurance framework. The board generally agreed with the proposed changes to Part 4B and the comments raised during the discussion will be considered by the task force during its scheduled task force meeting immediately after this board meeting. Thank you very much, Caroline. At this time, I'd like to um, 
um, pass the floor over to Stavros to share some closing remarks for this podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. As our listeners have heard, we have had a very vivid discussion on various very interesting projects. And as I said, we have approved our SWP. So come March, which is our first meeting of the next year, we are all ready to tackle our new strategy and work plan. And that's a very optimistic note for us going forward in the new year. Thank you all very much. And thanks again, Stavros. And thank you, Caroline, Richard, Trish, and Don for being here today. At this time, I'd like to conclude the podcast and share with our, our announcers that the next meeting at the Ethics Board will be held on March 11th to 13th, 2019 in New York. The meeting of the Ethics Board are all open to the public and we encourage all interested parties to observe our meetings. To register as an observer, please visit www.ethicsboard.org slash meetings. At the Diasba website, you can find more information about the Ethics Board and each of the projects discussed during this meeting. The Ethics Board records a podcast summary following each of our meetings. You can subscribe to our podcast channel on iTunes by searching IFAC, I-F-A-C, Accountancy Podcast, in the Apple Tunes iStore. You can also follow us on Twitter at ethics underscore board. Thank you very much for listening and have a happy holiday season. Mm-hmm.